Hi everyone, welcome to Promises Podcast. I'm Laura Gonzalez, this is Diane McCharsney. We are so blessed and thankful that you spend this time with us. So we talk about Jesus, we talk about the Christian life, the Christian walk, ups, downs, twists, turns, all of it. Today's episode 14. 14. Amazing. <laughs> and we we just have so much to share and we are just so thankful. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share with your friends, post a comment, something that encouraged you. We we are encouraged as you are encouraged, you know, and I know on this journey with, with this podcast, I've been so encouraged by Diane. I pray she's been encouraged mm-hmm. by me. And we just love to unpack the truths of God's word, the truth of who he is. And this ain't fake news, friends. <laughs> this is the real truth. This is Genesis right. to Revelation and God's word. It, it never returns void and it's rich and good and wonderful. And so last week, I believe, it's always the first Thursday of May, we have the National Day of Prayer. And it's such an awesome reality that in our nation, it's still a day of prayer. And whatever side of the fence of the line of the whatever you want to call it, you are, it's a national commemorated day. And so they have breakfast in Washington, D.C., Sacramento, locally at the city of Montclair um, Council Steps, our pastor, Joe McCarson, led at prayer time. And so I'm just going to read, you know, kind of the mantra that is often quoted, read, prayed through during the National Day of Prayer, Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so, Diane, you and I were talking briefly the other day about how do we pray for our nation? How do we pray for our church? How do we pray without being white-knuckling, fuming at the ears, angry at the depravity of the world, so to speak? You know, and so we want to talk about revival praying today, you guys. And um, I love that. Let's say you, Diane. (laughs) I love that revival praying. we all want revival. We all want um, the landscape of our country to look different, um, the world to look different. Yes. Um, there's so much evil. There's so much prevalence of uh, just wickedness. Um, it's not even masked anymore. Um, That's right. I remember watching a clip of Megan Fox talking about her ritual and blood drinking. And I mean, people aren't even hiding oh, anymore. Gosh. And this is so crazy, right? Um, the What the Senate was trying to pass, you know, um, abortion, uh, codify it as they know the Supreme Court is seeking to overturn it. Um, just the mayhem and, and the madness. And you, and that's that's just a couple of things. Right. There's so much. But I love that verse because it says, if my people. And my people are his followers, right? Mm. His people. Um, the world looks like the world, and it's always looked like the world. That's so true. But yes. the church is looking like the world. Mm. And that's grievous. Yes. And so we, his people, need to humble ourselves. And I don't think that we're doing that. We're not doing Mm, that collectively. I Um, agree. You know, and um, as we read through the word, I'm reading through 1 Samuel, and you see Saul. And Saul is such a wonderful example of what I don't want to be. Right. Um, You know, the the nation had asked for a king because they wanted to be like everyone else. And you had mentioned a few episodes ago that they weren't rejecting um, Samuel, they were rejecting God. Yes. And we have become a God-rejecting society. Yes, we have. And in a lot of regards, um, we've become a God-rejecting church. Oh, my word. And we need to lament, and mm-hmm. we need to weep. I mean, um, I'm going to read this portion of Scripture, and then we'll kind of talk more about that. But um, I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 13, 7 through 14, and it's I'm picking up in the midst of verse 7. It says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel didn't come. Mm. So here, you know, there's wars going to happen. They're at war with the Philistines. Right. And he's got his army, Saul does, and he's waiting for Samuel. He's waiting like he was supposed to. But Saul grew weary in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And he said Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So the morale of his troops is sinking. 
And so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. And if you are a student of the scriptures, you know that, that he's not to touch right. that. Right. That's, That's right. for the priests That's a different only. role. That is yep. a different role. Mm -hmm. That is for the, the Levites, you know. And just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So as soon as he takes matters into mm -hmm. his own hands, does what he wants, Samuel comes. And Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? And I love that about Samuel. Yeah. He, no he, fluff. No fluff. Right. He sees the wrong done and he calls yes. it out. And I think we're lacking in that in the we church. We are. 100%. And as parents with our children, right? Yes. Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are a mic-mash ready for battle. So here Saul goes on his justification tour. Mm. Right? He's like, uh, you didn't come. I was waiting for you. Right. The people were getting upset. They're scattering. So he's acting in fear because he doesn't want the people to leave. And, he, and he's like, so I had to do it. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. Look at that justification. He spiritualizes it. Right? Mm. I didn't even ask for God's help, like right. he says. Um, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. And listen to Samuel. He says, how foolish, yeah, Samuel that's right. exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And it's, it reminds us the severity of a life continuously disobeying God. Definitely. The severity of it. I mean, you know, there's that song. I can't recall who sings it. I know Ruben, our producer, would remember. But it's a slow fade when you walk away. It's a slow fade. You know, that frog in the kettle. That's what's happened to our nation. That's what's happened to the church. A slow fade. Oh, love is not. Marriage is not. Right. A man and a woman. Life is not in the womb life is 30 days after the child is born we're redefining everything we're not obeying and i mean those famous words to obey is better than sacrifice samuel tells him and so what does it mean well saul was looking for the template if i do this if i do xyz then we will succeed but missing the key element of prayer of seeking god and of total obedience remember in the Old Testament, when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back mm -hmm. and David's man touched the Ark of the Covenant, uh, yeah. immediately he died. Immediately. Yes. Because he touched the Ark of the Covenant. So, no, 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 no. You don't touch the Ark of the Covenant. This is the holiest place. And, and God is teaching us such rich things in these Old Testament pictures and reality. I mean, this happened. It was to be carried by poles. Human, by the Levites. Yes. Human beings are not to touch right. this. I mean, I can't touch you know, um, a nuclear weapon or, you know, whatever, a laser hot fire flame. I'm a human. I have skin just like you are. You'll, you'll burn up. You'll die. We tell our kids, don't look at the sun. So God has a right because he's God. He's Elohim. Don't touch it. You touch the poles only. And so it's falling. And so he touches it and he dies and David gets upset, right? It, it is amazing to me too, because somebody can think, because I heard it in a chapel the other day, how harsh. Right, 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 right. Um, so, oh, it, the girls were in chapel. They had performed a beautiful number, and, and someone was sharing on, on the information of what happened to David's wife when he was dancing in his underwear, and and he was so excited because he ought yes, to come back. Yes, he yes. back, and he's rejoicing, and he's dancing, and he's making himself a fool. In How regal the king looked today in front of the maidens. She, she says, mocked him. She mocked him. She yeah. mocked him, and the consequence was she was to be barren. She would have no more. Children. Don't be like that, girls. Don't mock your husband when he's <sighs> worshiping before the Lord. Right, and so we, but we can in our hearts, and we can scowl. But her response was, "Well, I think that was pretty harsh." And I thought, man, we have lost a sense of God's holiness. Mm, God is holy, that's right. and we think, and because we have given such license to sin, everything is okay. Right. Um, we can do whatever we want and um, we don't take God seriously. We do not take him at his word and we have forgotten that he's holy. Right. We don't reference him. And, and evidence of that is, well, gosh, God, that was kind of harsh. Wow. You know, that's and that's really kind of that right. same heart. I think. Yeah. And so yes. with that, I say, you know, if my people would humble themselves, you know, um, 
I, I just think of Saul and the position he's in. He sees things that are happening. You know, he's fearful. Uh, my men are scattering. Their morale's going down. You're not here, Samuel, so surely something should be done. Isn't right. that better than just sitting and waiting? You know, I, I tell my kids, you get to choose what you do. And in this case, Saul chose to take a role that was not his, and he disobeyed God. Mm -hmm. But you don't get to choose the consequences. That's right. And so we have to be mindful of obedience. And I want to read a little portion that Chuck Swindoll uh, had written in regard to this. It's, um, he's, he just gives a little commentary, and it, I think it's um, encouraging for me. It says, anxious pride or faithful waiting. Mm. Saul is waiting at Gilgal for Samuel, but Samuel hasn't come. So Saul decides to go ahead and offer the offerings himself. Wait. He has no right to do that. That's Samuel's role. But when you come to the place of pride and presumption that Saul has come to, you care little about roles and realms of responsibility. That's a spiritually dangerous place to be. When it's better to wait, we should wait. Even in threatening times. Oh, that's good. That's when it's hard yes, to wait, right? Yes. When you're like sensing, oh no, right. no, you're panicking. Right, absolutely. Um, so even in, in threatening times, yes, even then. If we are unsure, the game plan is to wait, That's right. to remain silent, and let God move. Many years ago, I heard a man from a church that was undergoing a stressful time say, it's better to do something, even if it's wrong, than to do nothing. This is, a, this is a Swindoll's response. <laughs> what stupid counsel. Mm. It is never better to do wrong. If your equivalent of Samuel hasn't come, there's a reason oh, for the delay. Yes. Wait. We can do that as moms. Right. We can do that as wives. I could do that as a pastor's wife. You know, even with, I mean, we're not going to get too much into this idea of, you know, uh, politics, but even at voting, I've had heated discussions with people saying, I don't like A candidate. I don't like B candidate, so I'm not voting. Mm -hmm. That's stupid counsel, as yes. Swindoll says. And so I was thinking, I love what you tell your children that they make a choice but then God you know we give the outcomes to God and they could be good or bad dependent on on us right and I mean the Lord is sovereign but I I just thought of revival praying and you're talking about obedience and so I love um this came to my heart the Lord reminded me of Jonah mm -hmm. so in Jonah 3 Jonah goes to Nineveh reluctantly. Mm -hmm. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the, least, from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he too rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. So this is the king. By the decree of the king and the nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned yes. from their evil ways, mm -hmm. he relented and he did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And so I thought about that word repent mm -hmm. and I thought repent so God may relent. Yes. Repent so God may relent. So Jonah, famous Bible story, kids all over the world know Jonah. Saved and unsaved, no story of Jonah, right. But I looked up repent. I mean, we know what it means, but just for the purposes of our discussion, repent, it's a verb. It's not just a feeling. Mm. It's an action right. word. To repent is to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. And so I love this, Diane. Listen to this, I, this little um, nugget I found. The first of repentance is responsibility. We must recognize that we've done wrong. The second is regret. We must have true remorse for doing wrong and for the pain and problems we've caused. We've caused it, right. not God, not them, not Samuel. Not Samuel being late. Right, right. Exactly. we caused. The third, I love this, is resolve. 
we must be committed never to repeat the act regardless of the temptations or the situation. And so I think of that wonderful Christian movie, Fireproof. Mm -hmm. The guy is struggling with looking at inappropriate things on the computer. He struggles with it throughout the movie or throughout the plot. And at the end, he takes his computer and he hashes right. it with the bat. Right. That's the kind of reality and action we need to take to our sin. We need to cut it off. We need to bang it with the bat. What right. did Jesus say? Get rid of your phone. Cut out your eye, your good eye, and your hand if it causes you to sin. That's the severity. That's the holiness. That's the repentance here. If you look at the, the, the Assyrians, right? Or uh, the Assyrians. The Ninevites. Mm -hmm. um, descendants of the Assyrians. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, they repented. They were humbled themselves. Right. They sackcloth. What is that? Mourning. Um, like, I think of a potato sack. So but they were aware because they were mourning. They did not eat. They fasted. They prayed. They humbled themselves. Maybe God will nationally. Rest. Exactly. And that is what we need. And yes. it begins with us. Yes. It doesn't begin with someone down the street or, right. or, or yeah, you're a big sinner. Oh, if Las Vegas would get it together, maybe our me, country. No, us. Me, us, I, here, myself. you, me, us. Yes. 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 And so as I'm reading through the one year Bible, I'm also in John, right? You read a little bit of old, a little bit of new, Solomon proverb. And I think of uh, the lame man that was at, was at the pool of Bethesda. Right, and there was a kind of like Greek mythology incorporated with mm. a little bit of like a Jewish tradition, and they had right. this belief that when the pools were stirred, if you could get to the water and touch the water, you would be healed. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there's this man there that's been paralyzed for 38 years, lying on a mat, and he, Jesus asked him, "Do you want to be made well?" And he's like, "Sir, nobody can take me into the water. Like, I have no hope. I can't. I can't be healed. Nobody can help mm -hmm. me." And um, so anyway, Jesus heals him. He says, "Stand, to pick up your mat and walk." And he does, and he's healed, and instantly he's healed. And he takes up his mat and he walks. And of course, you know, the Pharisees see it and like, why are you carrying a mat? And he's like, because the guy who healed me <laughs> told me to carry my mat. Right, I'm like, I've right, been walking for right. 38 years, you know. And what a miracle, and what an amazing um, blessing. So Jesus hooks up with him later, and this is what he says. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, and this is from John 5:14, and it says, and told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. So the guy that's 38 years lame. Yes. Jesus tells him, go and sin no more. He tells him, stop sinning. Yes, exactly. Go and sin no more. I, I just think it's amazing because obviously something he has done has caused mm. his situation. That's not always the case. Right, you right. Know? But right. in this case, it is. And it's like Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Not so that we could keep on sinning. That's right. So that we could repent. So that we could turn from our sins and do something new, mm -hmm. different. And what is that the spirit filled life? Walking yes. with Jesus, forsaking yes. the sin. Whatever this man did, we don't know. I think that you mentioned as we first started this discussion, the church is becoming assimilating to the world. Like the yeah. world. Yeah. And so it's hard to discern the world uh, from the church and mm -hmm. from God's people, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that we are in a really tough time in our life, in our world, in the church history, because there's so many people that will say, I'm Christian, mm -hmm. right? I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. Right. And I remember years ago, I used to work at the University of Laverne. And as you know, the University of Laverne has its roots in the Church of the Brethren. And there was a man that went to the Church of the Brethren. And he told me, well, you know, Laura, there's Christians that don't believe in hell that don't believe in the divinity of Christ. Yeah, and I was all of 21 or something, right. and he was an aged, learned PhD uh, theologian. eloquently. And I quote. just, I, I literally just, I'm, I'm thinking in my little Laura brain, <laughs> you can't believe in Christ and call him Messiah and reject how. So my brain was saying no. Or reject that he's or reject the divinity, or I think he was saying the only way to, to God, or you could be a Christian and not believe Christ is the only way to God, something something to that effect, but something that my Holy Spirit was saying, wrong, 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 and I was yeah. young, and he was very knowledgeable in, in Bible study and, and, and all of that, but he was wrong, and it wasn't that I'm so right, I mean, I didn't have all the theology together or anything like that, but that's what I mean about our church and the culture and the climate is you can have a dash of Jesus, you can have a dash of New Ageism, put in the oven a, a smidgen of 
XYZ right. progressive beliefs in, you know, uh, being, being gay, you know, that's just cha- Romans one coins that chapter in the Bible. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're just selective, selective Christianity. Christianity. That's what it should be called. Selective Christianity. Which is not Christianity. No. Right. We no. need to take And progressive is such a cool word, right? Isn't it though? I'm, I'm progressive. Like I'm, I'm on I'm a mission. Wrong. I'm changing. I'm evolving. I'm moving. Yeah. Uh, no. God changes not. That's right. Alabama. He's an everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, he yes. changes not. Yes. He does not change to meet what society says is and, and cool and in style. As Olivia would uh, say, period. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. And so I know I was also thinking, because as we're talking about this, and, and sometimes a call for the church to be holy, for God is holy, can be seen as, oh, that's pharisaical, or that's mm. legalism, and, and it's not. Because Jesus is holy, he said, be holy, for I am holy. We are to emulate our Savior. Did he tell like the him. woman caught in adultery, you're good? And Take with as many men. That's exactly oh, what I turned to. I see? That's exactly what I turned to. And so, you know the story of the woman caught in adultery? And this whole story is sad. It, it's it is. It grieves it my is. heart. Because you it have is. these... These men of the synagogue that want to trap Jesus. It, it gets so they carry it right. because I'm thinking of her pain. She's used, right? So, yes, so, so they so set wrong. up this situation. And as they are about to consummate the act of adultery, they rush in and grab her. And she has, her, you know, maybe her sheet or right. whatever wrapped around her. And, and, and they take her and they march her to Jesus and they throw her at his feet. And here she's has no clue what's going on and how they have used her and how they were waiting. I mean, what of the man who was just as guilty of this? Right. You know? And Because so, Deuteronomy said both. Both. Both were so, guilty. So then um, we know Jesus is with her and he starts writing in the dirt and we don't know what he's writing. Um, it's not written. Um, and he, he says, you know, let the one who has not sinned cast the first stone. And they're just standing there. And as he writes, they begin to the eldest to the youngest. I find that interesting. Yes. And they walk away. And and Jesus looks up her, looks up at her and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? And she looks and she says, I have none. And what does Jesus so lovingly do? Well, you picture him just touching her I know. or her cheek or tender. her so tenderly mm-hmm. saying, Neither do I condemn you. It's not about condemnation. It's not about shame, shame, shame. You have made this sin. No, no, no. He says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And that's the repentance. Yes. Right? And that's the change. The change of direction. That's yes. the change of direction. Where yes. here she was an adulterous woman, obviously. And now he's saying, I'm not condemning you. Mm-hmm. I'm setting you free. Amen. You don't have yes. to sin anymore. And, and now that's on her. See, she has a choice to make. Right. I can go back to my old ways of adultery or whatever yes. else I'm involved yes. in infidelity. Or I can go and sin no more. And we all live with that choice. And I think of like, choose life that you might live. Yes. And life is obedience to God's word. And so go and sin no more. And you know, holiness is actually beautiful. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The angels say it three times. Mm-hmm. We know there's power in the, in saying something so emphatically, repeatedly, three times. That's the most in the Bible to Make your point. Exclamation. Right. Well, they don't use exclamation no. points. It's the repetition means that, that is means... the strongest. That would be our superlative. Yes. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. And mm-hmm. so my husband and I, Chuck, we love to go to national parks. And so I look at Yellowstone or I look at Yosemite or I look at Lassen National Park or Bryce Canyon. And I'm not that I say holy, holy, holy. I mean, I worship God, but I've, I've thought on this. I've soaked it in, Diana. Why do I like it here? What is it about this, about the Grand Canyon or Yellowstone or these or the waterfalls? I mean, Yosemite Falls. You know, you 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 cry. We went to um, Mount Rainier. Mm-hmm. I literally cried. It was so beautiful. Okay, and the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, "There's no Starbucks. There's no trash. There's no fingerprint of humans. Mm-hmm. It's just pristine." creation and i mean that's why it's a it's a preserve national park they're trying to keep it as god God intended (laughs) right but there's just something so beautiful about looking at pristine nature Mm -hmm. i mean i've had i have a girlfriend that's gone on lots of beautiful trips and she said one of her most favorite places to go is the alaskan cruise Mm -hmm. 
because you just see these glaciers and whales and polar bears and penguins and it's and i mean just it's it's like narnia it's just beautiful and so our god is so beautiful so holy so lovely so majestic that am i gonna go to him with soiled hands you know when he's so pure and beautiful and and so i just gotta read this and this is totally from god he reminded me of this as we're talking about repentance have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach your transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And so I say with the utmost sadness in my heart, America is not yet broken before the Lord. We're proud, and, and that's the problem. And the church is proud, and we have to humble ourselves and be like David when we sin and and um, recognize our sin as sin against the Lord. Um, um, when, when I sin against my husband or my children or my neighbor, I'm sinning against the Lord, and that we would truly deal like David dealt with his sin and confess it and yes. turn from it to make that change. You know, um, another wonderful example of that is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus in the Bible, Jesus calls him out by name. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's, Jesus enters Jericho and he makes his way through the town. And the story is found in Luke chapter 19. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. And the interesting thing about the tax collector Zacchaeus is Zacchaeus was a Jew of Jewish descent, mm -hmm. right? He's mm -hmm. of the nation of Israel. But Israel right now is occupied by Rome. Rome rules. And Rome collected taxes from, from the, the national, the, the Zionists, the, the Jews, everyone living there. Whether right. they were Jew or not, he collect, they collected taxes. But what the Romans permitted was for... Um, Zacchaeus or any other tax collector to add on to the tax. So if the tax was $5, it's now Zacchaeus could make a 10 and he could profit. Mm -hmm. And that's how he made his money. So they were traitors like multiple times, right? They were traitors wow. because they were serving Rome, mm -hmm. but they were traitors to their own people right. as they stole from them. As my husband Chuck would say, they were coming up. Uh, yeah, it's like, they, were, they were making money. They profiting. were making money. Mm -hmm. And so he tried to get a look at Jesus. So here's Zacchaeus. Jesus is coming. He's like, I, I want to see him. But we know he's short and he can't. So he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. And I just love his earnestness. I yes. got to see him. I just got to see him. Right. And he wants to see Jesus. And when Jesus came by, Jesus knows all that he's done, mm -hmm. right? He looks up at Zacchaeus and calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I'm going to go to your home today and be your guest. And, and I love that. And Zacchaeus quickly climbs down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Mm -hmm. But the people were displeased. He, had, he has to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, and this is where you see repentance. I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people, if we know he did, mm -hmm. if I had cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, and this is Jesus' assessment of the situation. 
salvation has come to this home today. I love it. I love it so much. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. See, he's being rejected as a traitor. Right. But Jesus says, no, he's a true son of Abraham because the repentance, the change, the I was stealing, now I'm going to give. I'm going to take care of the poor. I'm going to make restitution for my wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And that's salvation. Salvation isn't, thank you, Jesus, you died for me. I love you, but I'm going to go ahead and go back to adultery or drugs or fornication or prostitution or Or cheating or lying or or stealing Mm -hmm. or arrogance or critical spirit or pride or gossip. No, we leave that and we change. And the, and my tongue that I used to cut people up with, I'm now going to pray for people That's and right. encourage and people. Encourage that yes. 180, I was a thief, now I'm going to give. Yes. And I, and I love that because you see it in, in Zacchaeus. And it's like Jesus says salvation has come to this home. He has shown we need to bear fruit mm, of repentance. Of repentance. Yes. And that's the evidence that we've changed. There's no evidence of change if I'm just as arrogant and prideful and and, and wicked after I get saved as I was before. And so that reminds me of social media. And one of the things that breaks my heart are some posts of Christians. Sure. Okay, it's permanent. Right. So you're writing to someone F-bomb this, how dare you that, X, Y, Z. And people are writing horrific things to others. And I think this is such a black eye on the church. So sad and grieving to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like Pastor Joe said the other day, he wants to redeem the internet. You know, the internet, there's so much gunk and junk out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we loved sharing this podcast. We want to redeem it and use every tool, every avenue that God gives us for his glory. Yes. And so people are cursing at each other, hurting each other, cutting each other down. And this is happening in the church, you know, and it it just reminds me of like a a cannibalism where we're eating each other up and hurting each other and hurling insults at each other. And I mean, I think what you said, these people that are angering us, because there have been leaders that have posted things, blasphemous things. (laughs) I'm right there ready to type something too. How dare you write X, Y, Z? And the Lord said, no, no, no. You don't need to do that. You pray for that person. You unfollow them if you need to. You could write a letter to them directly, an email. You don't need to publicly blast someone. That's not appropriate. I mean, I think some people are on this mission and rampage of publicly posting things right. that are not godly. Right. That's and, and it's not savory. Right. And I do believe that the world says, oh, look at Susie Q. She serves in the Sunday school, right. but she's posting F-bombs on the right. internet. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's not funny. I'm not laughing at it. I'm saying that why? Why are we so like the world? And and I think the answer is how we started this. Repentance. Mm-hmm. Saying, ooh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done this. And then owning the sin. That is very difficult. And you mentioned the... Uh, man at the pool of Bethesda and I thought Jesus approached the man and said now stop sinning Zacchaeus approached Jesus and then did Jesus tell him you better make it right no he did it on his own so it happens differently salvation acts 412 we mentioned that many times salvation is found in no one else there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved it's Jesus he is the way, the truth, and the life. But the way that he meets Diane is going right. to be different than how he meets me. Is going to be different than how he meets anyone else, yeah. any any human being. But the point is, meet with him. Meet with him. When you read this, I I did not sin with Bathsheba like David did, as I read Psalm fifty one. But this is convicting. Right. When I read this, created me a clean heart, oh God. Oh, that's me. My heart's not clean, Lord. I got angry at that driver earlier today. I got frustrated with my special needs son. I spoke harshly to my husband. Creating me a clean heart. I mean, this Psalm 51, tattoo it on me, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Tattoo it on my heart. Write it on the tablet of my heart. Yes. And I think, and the quicker we are when the Lord said, you were harsh. Mm. And the quicker we repent, the more the Lord will show us. And is it, I've prayed before, you know, Lord, show me who I am. Mm. And that's hard because then he does. And we're not, we can think we're okay. Yeah. You know, it's and so we're not. True. And, but then we like, Lord, show me your grace. Yes. And it's like, Lord, and then you love him all the more because he shows you who you are. And, yes. and we're sinful and we're in need of him. 
moment by moment. Right. Um, because it's just like this. You're all worshiping Jesus and then and then somebody arguing in the car. Right. Or or somebody cuts you off or somebody's like on the way here doing twenty and a fifty and you're like, seriously? I'm trying to get somewhere. So, you know? so there's nothing that can get you in the flesh more than poor customer service, right? And we live in a day I and mean, age. disrespectful children. Go ahead. You, know, <laughs> you go up there, and I mean, back in the day, you go yeah. to a restaurant, sure. and they greet you. Now they're looking at the phone. Be right with you. Scrolling, you know, not not giving you. And you're like, good, hello. I'm a patron. <laughs> I'm giving pay. you money to. But I'm, right. I know. I had it the other day. I was at Sprouts, and oh my goodness, I had asked. Um, so do you have any meat yet? Our truck's not in yet. Okay, do you know when your gonna, truck's going to be there? It'll get here when I get here. It gets here. Um, okay, um, <laughs> do you have any frozen organic ground beef grass-fed? I don't know. Look in the case. <gasps> I was like, wow, I don't know. Look in the case. Um, you're not a very good uh, employee there, but I was like, <laughs> I've heard that Trader Joe's where they're nice. You know what I mean? I thought, man, and yes. that is a service-oriented, you know, job. They don't, people don't want to serve. They don't want to serve and they're not nice. You know, my, oh, yeah. my husband has a hat that says, be nice. People are not nice these days. And so I had an incident where I felt wronged mm -hmm. in a customer service type situation and there was history there. And so in my flesh, I mean, I could feel Diane, my cheeks getting hot and it, and it takes a lot for me to get mad, but I was very, very upset. So in my brain, I had three things I wanted to do. I wanted to write a letter and say, I, I'm not going to, you know, partake in your services anymore. I wanted to send a text and say, <laughs> I'm very upset. You, you, you hurt my, you hurt me. You were unprofessional. And then I said, no, I'm going to do it, something else. I'm going to mail a gift card, like kind of a sarcasm. Thanks for your service. Okay. So I had these three passive aggressive anger okay. and the Lord shut me down. <laughs> the Lord would let me you. I'm glad you listened. And the Lord said, you shall do none of that. You're going to pray for them and you're going to let it go. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be wronged. Oh, I didn't like that. that. <laughs> it's like that book we read, right? Unoffended. And we can be offended. Even mm -hmm. though people's behavior can be offensive. But like Jesus, they mocked him and spit on him and everything. And he opened up his mouth. Right? And we want to open our mouth. Right. I, I, I was... I was so shocked with the guy at the sprouts. I was like, Go wow. look in the freezer. I was like, wow. <laughs> I did. I said, wow. And he just walked away. I, I was right. very shocked. But we have to give it to Jesus. And what their sinfulness, their unkindness, their meanness, whatever, doesn't justify mine. I'm accountable not for how I'm treated, but for how I respond. React. That's react, right. You know? That's right. And so, um, so what are some ways that we can practice revival praying, we can practice repentance. I mean, I think some people that have been seasoned and are mature and walking with the Lord say, Laura, well, duh, we know what to do. But what are some practical ways? I mean, one, one, I'll start. Go to sleep, and as you're about to go to sleep, you pray, thanking God for the day, mm -hmm. thanking God for rest, and search my heart, oh God. Search my heart, oh God, and is there any unclean way in me? And he'll say, you know, you were rude to, you know, a, a teacher at Isaac school, or you could have done this, or the Lord will, will show you. Right. Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. so beautiful like that to show you. Sometimes you don't even need to pray it. It's there. You already know. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fellow and you're ready to confess. Yeah. Right. But sometimes he, he shows us so gently. So I have been in, in the word. And, and in prayer, and the Lord will remind me that something two years ago, and I think, Lord, I never asked for forgiveness for that. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. And then I know there's no condemnation, but I never Made it confessed right. it. I never, whether verbally or silently or mm -hmm. journaled or circled the scripture and said, Lord, two years ago, I know I did this. He, he's, he's so good to us. Repentance is a good thing. It feels good to come clean before the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, Say I'm sorry, Lord, in your nighttime verse. What What are some other practical ways of, of repenting and, and, and having this as part of our culture and life and Christianity? I think when you are aware, because sometimes we can just be um, spiraling down and we're like digging our own hole and we're just keep digging and we're not getting out. And so sometimes we can be so much in ourselves, in our flesh, that we're not spiritually aware of what we're doing. As soon as you're aware, stop confess and turn like Zacchaeus right 
he was seeking out Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman caught in adultery wasn't. They thrust her out right. of mm-hmm. However, whether the Lord or the Holy Spirit is um, chasing you or whether you're seeking, you know. Or you get caught. Or you get caught. You yes. are guilty. Hands in the, like uh, King David with Nathan, right? He's mm-hmm. caught. He's been for a year ignoring it, mm-hmm. but he gets caught. Um, be quick to confess and repent. Um, I can I can say no. I'm not going to repent. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to. My my daughter had told me of this text one time. Um, she said, or I don't know what it was on social media, but it wasn't a text. It was on social media, and it said something in regard to um, you know when you're in deep, but you're like you you've gone in so far, so you're like I might as well just keep on digging because like <laughs> I'm in this deep. Why quit now? And we can be like that wow. in our flesh, you know, like. Like I am in this conflict, maybe with my spouse, or I'm um, have a relative, or, or whatever, with my yeah. children, and and I'm just gonna keep on harping, or I'm just gonna keep on nagging. It's like just stop, stop as soon as you recognize it. Like you need this, you need this, you need this. Just like stop, let it go, confess it, say, oh, I'm yes. sorry, you. I don't like to have a list of ten to do things thrown in my face, so I shouldn't do that to you. You know, mm. I think sometimes we can treat children. As if they're not people with human beings, human yeah. beings right? <laughs> right? Children, mm-hmm. like we, and I wouldn't like that if it were me. So, confess and then be quick to repent. I love how you said, you know, keep short accounts with God. Yes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, I think of when we wake up and with each other, and that's what yes, you're yes, saying with your daughter. Saying. Yes, yeah. we need to be real with each other. And I think a big part of repentance, and I know this is a big, you know, thing that people use in the culture, self-awareness, but I think that you need to be self-aware. In in marriage, for yeah, example, yeah. our husbands know what makes us tick, and they can say, oh, Laura, you know, this, 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 and this. And I can get touchy. Oh, I, I don't want to hear that. It's just making me feel uncomfortable, right? And, and, and the husband can feel the same way, but that self-awareness, sometimes it takes a, a dear friend, a Nathan, a spouse, a child, a Bible study leader. Hey, honey, you know, um, you were saying some things in study that that weren't biblical, right? We don't want to receive. I guess. No. I guess what I mean, I'm trying to get is I receive think my correction. Son's the best about it. Like he's, I guess, the most straightforward about it. I was. Oh yeah, Josh McCarthy is straightforward. Not mess around. <laughs> I was talking. It was a while. It's been a couple of years ago. My, my son comes. You were a bit harsh with Caitlin. Mm. Who wants to hear that? You know, I don't want to hear that. He's all protecting his sister, which I'm thankful for. But I'm like, do not get in. No, I can respond that way, or I can say, let me think on that. Oh, uh, thanks for telling us. I don't want to hear it. Right. You don't even know what's going on. You know, right. I could respond that way. You weren't here for the whole thing. We didn't come in. But they can come in and sometimes with a different set of eyes when, um, you know, your spouse comes in or your other child comes in and they're, they're like, whoa, like, I don't know what's going on at all, but I know that's not good. And mm. to be able to, to receive that and to say, oh, yeah, I should have done that differently. I'm not perfect. Right. You know, no professional. We don't have to be so defensive. And you know what else I think, and this might be a great closing thought, and maybe we can do part two because I, I really would love to keep continue to unpack this. Get to know the heart of God. Yes. How yes. does he treat us? Forgiving, gracious, long-suffering. Remembers that word does. It's kind, kind loving. That yes, benevolent, merciful. I love that. God is so gentle with his correction, right? Yes, he, he is. He's, and so I can be too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I agree. I think that, again, the angels are worshiping him morning, noon, and night. Holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Go to the cross. Mm -hmm. Go back to the cross. Is my sin worth it? Ooh, when I think that, no, Lord. Well, when I think, like, like the the one um, lady who had said, gosh, that was harsh. You know the God's response that to that sin. Michael was barren because she mocked King David. And I'm like, the cross was harsh. Mm. You know, like I have to go back there. That's right. And there is a portion of something that I want to read because some of us have within us this bent to rebelliousness. Ooh. Like we want to, we're just rebellious in our hearts and our natures, and be rebellious, rebel against the world, Amen. and rebel to Jesus. Like 180 yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Saul, who became Paul was zealous, on fire, full throttle for the wrong things. So the Lord gets a hold of him, and he's full throttle, zealous, on fire. Frank Pastore. Same kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. He was, you know, 
baseball guy, man's man, to Biola, biblical mind, you know, great orator, you know, just yes, I yes to all of it. Go from this way, you know. I mean, I have a friend who used to always struggle with her weight her whole life from when she was little, her whole life. And she was tired of the struggle. So now she's she calls herself gym crazy. She she wakes up at 3.30, 4 a.m. She runs marathons. So she went from food, you know, uh, cravings to I got to do my exercise and, and a healthy lifestyle. And so, so do that, do that for the Lord. Yes. 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 That change. So like who God has made us is who he has made us to be. Right. Paul was that. no less zealous for when he was zealous for the synagogue or when he was zealous for Jesus. But it's just the right um, conduit the, and, and for for the Lord as opposed to for things of like or myself or myself yeah so I have this thing that I read again it's Swindoll um it's he's my mentor um I've never <laughs> met him but um yeah and so it says the rebellious mindset it says what in the world was King Saul doing capturing Agag and all of those animals so the story is um they go and they take and they conquer a land that the Lord says I'm going to deal with them now they now guys it's time and so they were given strict instructions destroy everything but Saul has his own idea. It says, good question. He was supposed to destroy them all. We can see four characteristics of a rebellious mindset through Saul's words and actions in uh, 1 Samuel 15. First, a person with a rebellious mindset defies authority mm. in order to accomplish his or her own oh, desires. Exactly. That's right. Mm -hmm. Rebels rewrite the rules to read like they want them to read, whether age 4, 40, or 84. <laughs> California. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The rebel says, I don't I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. I have other desires. You're not the boss of me. No, yes. If I do what you say, I can't get my oh, desires. Oh, yeah, there filled, it is. Which is people's conflict with God, right? Yeah. Like, if I follow God, then I can't fulfill my desires, right? If I obey, if I submit. Uh, second, a person with a rebellious mindset rationalizes and covers up to excuse sinful mm -hmm. actions. And this is what we can do. God and Samuel could see very clearly that Saul had disobeyed. But Saul's response was, I've done just what God asked me to do. How many of you have had children that have said, I did obey? And you're like, uh, no, you didn't. I said, clean I cleaned my room and then the like, Doritos bags under not the clean. fridge. I mean, under the um, bed. And then I get, well, your definition of clean and my definition of clean. Oh, oh yeah, we're not doing Future that. Future lawyers. Yeah. Okay. I've, <laughs> I've seen this kind of rationalization too many times to forget it. Mm. In fact, I've been guilty of it on occasion. Mm -hmm. I love that honesty. Here are some of the things that we say to rationalize our rebellion. So if you find yourself making these excuses, trust, no, you have a rebellious spirit. That's okay. Confess it That's and, right. ask, and, and repent, right? Make direction, change. Certainly God understands. He's a God of grace. Amen. God will forgive. He forgives and forgets all my wrongs. So in other words, I can do wrong because God's going to forgive and forget. I prayed about this. Love this one. I prayed about this, and this is really what God has been asking me to do. According to Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, the word rationalize means to provide plausible but untrue reasons for conduct. Wow. Or to attribute one's actions to rational and credible motives without analysis of true and especially unconscious motives. Sometimes we don't know why we do what we do, right? Yes. Where we deceive ourselves, yes. our hearts are desperately wicked. Right. Says. Right. People with a rebellious mentality will never run out of ways to excuse wrong. Mm. I thought, wow. They have to live with their consciences. So if they want to live in rebellion, they have to rewrite the rule That's book right. to erase That's exactly the feelings our culture. of guilt. Isn't it so? Yes. Like timely. Yes. Yes. Third, That's great. A person with a rebellious mindset becomes defensive when confronted with the truth. Are you defensive when the truth comes to light? Mm -hmm. Am I defensive when the truth comes to light? I appreciate Samuel's empirical response to Saul's rationalization. Then what is all that bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? He's like, I know you disobeyed. There's evidence, <laughs> right? The cookie crumbs right. are still on the sheep. <laughs> right. Saul responds with defensiveness and self-justification. Fourth, a person with a rebellious mindset resists accountability mm -hmm. when he or she has committed a wrong. Samuel holds Saul accountable for his rebellion. God told you to utterly destroy the sinners, but you've taken captives. Saul responds with resistance and blame shifting. I did obey the Lord. And besides, it was my troops 
who did it. Wow. He's running away from the responsibility. And I, that's classic Adam, right? Yes. God is the woman you gave me. Right. That, that is our default, our natural human, but we're to be new creations in Christ Dang. and be responsible. God's response to Saul is clear. Obedience is better than sacrifice, like you quoted earlier. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Yes. And wow. stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected, rejected you, you as yeah. king. So there are some strong words, and some of the strongest in the entire Old Testament, and God spoke them. God doesn't laugh at rebellion. It's as bad as witchcraft. Mm -hmm. A rebellious heart is no less grievous to God than involvement with demons. Wow. That's what witchcraft is, right? It, is, it isn't an attitude to adopt to show how independent you are. It leads to rejection by God. I don't want to be rejected by God. Right. My, I need to turn from rebellion. Finally, Saul admits and he says, I have sinned. And that's where we begin. And it can be the hardest thing to say because it takes humility. But to say, you're right. I've sinned. I'm sorry. Remember when um, Jesus came to um, the temple and he makes that cord of um, the whip and yes. he drives out the money changers mm -hmm. and he says my father's house is a house of prayer i think that in summary lord jesus clean house mm -hmm. on our hearts mm -hmm. on our homes our marriages our our lives in the home and and then also your home your your church, church. your body because we need him to clean house we need him to to reveal to us how we've assimilated and acclimated and taken on the ways wow. of the world and so i read this proverb this morning and i just thought it was so beautiful proverb 16 6 by loving kindness and truth iniquity is atoned for and by the fear of the lord one keeps away from evil fear the lord fear the lord get to know his character repent turn around don't be so defensive to justify sin sin is sin it hasn't changed god's word is timeless the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God lasts forever. Jesus said not one jot or tittle will, 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 will not be accomplished. Everything he has said has been accomplished and is being accomplished and will be accomplished. So we need to get on God's page and reject the world and the world's ways and the world's systems and just keep on tracking with Jesus. We pray you are blessed today. I know this is a heavy topic. You know, I was thinking, you mentioned the word stupid when Olivia was growing up. I used to call that the S word. Right, right. Repentance is the R word. You know, we don't say repent anymore, but we have to repent. Lord, cleanse our hearts. I mean, Psalm 51, may you all read it. Read that as homework. We've never given homework on the podcast. Read Psalm 51. Share with us, how has God helped you repent of something? Because we, we want to know. We want to encourage you. We pray you've been encouraged, and we can't wait to talk more next week.